You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report. You're listening to WSUW 91.7 FM, The Edge in Whitewater, Wisconsin. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. I'm excited to welcome to the program today a professor of Concordia University, uh, joining us via Skype from Montreal, Canada, uh, Mikhail Yosol. Mikhail, welcome to the program. Thank you. You have uh, originally lived in Russia. You left Russia many years ago, thirty about 30 years ago, and uh, you have been um, living here. You uh, Now you're in Canada. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the connection between what is going on in Russia these days versus what is going on in America these days, where you have somebody like uh, right now uh, of, a very well-known famous theater director who is now being arrested for uh, co- corruption, basically, and thievery, uh, supposedly. Um, and uh, at the same time, uh, you know, in the United States, so this is kind of like a high level of um, uh, repressions, really, in Russia is what we're observing, while in the United States you have a State Department that has kind of a lights-out policy on one hand uh, and sanctions uh, on the other hand. How do you see these two situations were developing in the United States and in Russia affecting each other? Well, um, both directly and indirectly, it's it's a fairly complex um, interconnection, multi-layered. But uh, it it is beyond a shadow of a doubt that, of course, um, uh, Trump presidency has given a certain amount of uh, carte blanche to Putin to um to do whatever he wants inside the country inside russia uh because um um for a variety of reasons because america's hands off policy on uh, human rights and uh disinterest in uh, in in human rights and uh, um and trump's trump's precarious position as president basically more or less having given up his moral authority inside the country and, 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 and being rendered more and more irrelevant with each passing day. Um, uh, and the fact that uh, American political establishment has rendered its verdict on Putin basically as, as, uh, as a pariah, uh, an international pariah on a par with, uh, uh, with uh, uh, Iran and, South, uh, and North Korean leaders. Uh, uh, simply put, he has got nothing more to lose. And um, and and in Europe, his capacity for uh, blackmailing um, European countries uh, via uh, uh, oil and gas uh, price manipulation has uh, decreased dramatically, and uh, uh, and 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 his relevance accordingly, and um, and and he is viewed uh, as 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 a stark force for. Uh, for evil, basically, by all the European countries, by larger European countries, and uh, uh, supported by smaller European like uh, 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 leaders, but um, uh, he does not feel that his personal situation can uh, deteriorate much further uh, as a result of his uh, 
you know, cranking up uh, um, uh, repressions inside uh, inside Russia. Uh, outside, uh, in the international arena, that's a whole different matter because NATO has uh, demonstrated its resolve to um, oppose his uh, further international uh, encroachments and uh, and and also because uh, uh, sanctions uh, already painful and already humiliating imposed upon him by by the U.S. Congress and. Um, and uh, and and uh, supported by the European uh, Union uh, can be made still more painful yet for him uh, on a personal level uh, concerning his personal assets, and um, and so he's uh, kind of circumspect and more or less uh, hemmed in when it comes to um, uh, freedom to uh, act abroad, but within uh, within Russia. Basically, he's got free hand, and uh, and that all of that is uh, happening uh, against the backdrop of deteriorating economic situation and uh, growing kind of stirring rumbling in the populace, basically, and uh, also um, in light of the 2018 elections, uh, they still are elections. In other words, referendum on Putin, it will be falsified massively and uh, it will be no elections, but it will be a, a, a sort of a referendum on Putin. And uh, Putin has uh, um, basically replaced his original compact with the Russian people, which is to say, you stay away from politics. Democracy is just the euphemism for nothing. Uh, and it's a Western invention. And you don't have to worry yourself about this. You stay away from all of that. Let us take care of uh, the political things and we on the other hand in turn guarantee that your living standards will be going up every from year to year uh, and that worked up until 2008 but after 2008 he could no longer uh, maintain his end of the bargain and so he's sort of like recalibrated and rearranged the compact in a uh, not so subtle way but basically we are we're a besieged fortress. The world is against us. Uh, yes, we will have to uh, go through a certain period of hardship, and unfortunately, you will feel that. And uh, but we will preserve our historical and moral uniqueness. Uh, we will we will be the pole of uh, moral superiority in the world. We will be we will be again as in the Soviet. Uh, we are a beacon of uh, of, of moral. Uh, of moral purity and uh, um, the rest of the world uh, of uh, the world of imperialism again and the corrupt amoral world um, uh, of the West uh, is against us and we must uh, and and it's bent on destroying us and we must uh, resist and so that's the compact and it no longer probably is working the effect of the Crimea annexation has worn off probably people cannot really live in an atmosphere of heightened, um, uh, uh, overblown uh, militaristic rhetoric. Uh, people want to lead normal lives in a way. They cannot sustain themselves in this, in this, in the sense of being on the verge of another massive, you know, uh, cataclysm. Um, and so people just get emotional and benumbed and tired. And so he needs to come up with something else. And uh, this may well be in the absence of an opportunity to start another small war uh, in Ukraine, be it or Latvia or Lithuania or Estonia. He's lost the capacity for doing that. Uh, but he he has free hand at, uh, at uh, clamping down on um, on on the small percent of the people who are 
representing values that are incompatible with the kind of values that he claims Russian uh, people uh, historically have had, which is to say, it's it's basically it's 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 an open season on pro-Western uh, segment of Russian populace, and unfortunately, it was kind of foreseeable in some way, and um, it pains me that uh, um, that that's, but it's the fact, and and I, uh, I was kind of hoping that and that more people he he could close down the the you know the the borders tomorrow and then what it's happened it's happened before in russian history nothing extraordinary has happened between 1990 and 2017 it was just another fluke in russian history another small period of uh, of uh, relative liberalization and now it's time to go back to um um back to the cold and does, so does it make you feel sad yeah it makes me feel sad because i have lots of friends there obviously and uh and because i have a very strong intrinsic connection to the place where i was born and spent the first half of my life which you know uh is a, a more meaningful part of one's life the first the first 30 years it's a life uh, so i've lived a life there and uh, uh of course uh it um, it saddens me uh that uh uh, I, I would feel that that right now would be time for people to leave while they still can. Uh, but then, you know, uh, what do people do and how? Um, although I, I suppose at this point, uh, places like the United States or Canada or Australia or, uh, would be granting political asylum because it's a clearly uh, Russia is no longer uh this postmodernist discourse that russia is slightly different but still a normal quote unquote country no longer applies it no longer is a quote unquote normal kind of country it's a, it's a it's a, it's a strongly authoritarian state which is on the verge of becoming a totalitarian one so yeah it's sad you're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW in Whitewater, Wisconsin, The Edge. This is Rashkin Report, and I'm your host, Yuri Rashkin. Uh, joining me uh, today via Skype from Montreal, Canada, is a writer and a professor at Concordia University, uh, Mikhail Yosel. Uh, Mikhail, you have left uh, many years ago, again, as uh, we were saying, and, um, well, and, and you mentioned that, uh, gosh, have things changed or have things not really changed? Is this, uh, you know, th- th- so this is, this is just a one continuous thing, but how do you feel that uh, whether it changed or not to go back to our president that we are dealing with and his connection with Russia, how Russia keeps popping up all over the place and is uh, the, the center of the universe or perhaps uh, a different place. Do you feel that, um, the connection between Trump and Russia makes sense to you, or or does it, uh, or is or is it uh, hard to believe? Oh. <laughs> it is not hard to believe. Um, it, <laughs> it takes very little effort to believe, actually. So um, it's sort of like, again, Mueller investigation. Everything will come to light uh, that is supposed to come to light. He has got a team of crack 
professionals, uh, lawyers, uh, investigators, uh, some of them Russian speaking, uh, they clearly are digging hard into his finances and financial dealings with Russia. It is uh, uh, there are there are th- there are certain uh, certain matters that are very much on the surface, like instances of money laundering on Trump's part involving Russian oligarchs um, uh, and uh, and and the fact that uh, Trump Tower was occupied and a certain uh, whole floor was apparently occupied by mob structure from Russia and that he has been dealing with and close with certain mob cult, uh, figures uh, from among Russian emigre uh, community uh, like Felix Sater and so forth who keeps giving interviews uh, saying that in a month everything will blow up and he's going to jail and Trump is going to jail and so forth. So, um, so um, it's uh, again, it's uh, back in the nineties after his last uh, and most ruinous uh, bankruptcy when no bank would uh, lend him money. He crossed over to the quote unquote dark side and started dealing with uh, less than um, uh, uh less than stellar uh, uh, structures and people, the government of Azerbaijan, taking money from Russians and from Russian-controlled banks and having money channeled uh, through the Cyprus bank controlled by current uh, uh, Minister of Finances uh, 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 to, to his casinos and so forth. All of that is already floating on the surface. Wilbur Ross Bank in Cyprus through Manafort and so forth to Taj Mahal. That was just recently published. All of that is on the surface. And there is absolutely no doubt that uh, Trump basically, you know, his highest priority is Trump and Trump organization and uh, a strong belief that no matter what, he needs to stay afloat and keep enriching himself. And that's the only item of um, moral code that he operates under. And so, uh, yeah, it's not it's not difficult to believe. And uh, and uh, and and I, but I, but I do think that when all the revelations come to light, it will probably be the greatest uh, political scandals in American modern history, because it will just be uh, fairly stunning. Um, I don't know about uh, treason as such. I think that that Trump if if a traitor, then an, an unwitting one, because he basically will do anything for money and he doesn't see anything wrong with it. But there clearly was some kind of cooperation between Russia and uh, things that will come to light are going to be, I think, pretty horrifying. If you feel that this is, um, so, so since, since you feel that this is really on the surface and, and uh, I can't, argue with you i think it, it feels uh that it's it's right there it's a pretty direct connection but uh, a lot of uh people from russia and this may come as a surprise to our american listeners or maybe not as a surprise uh, is that uh people from russia very frequently happen to be quite conservative and uh, consider you know and it may seem surprising or it may seem logical but uh they seem to rather be more interested in supporting uh, conservative republican policy rather than uh democratic uh policies with with a large d here um professor yossel what do you feel is is the reason for such uh politicization of uh of russian immigration well um first off it's always been the um throughout the history of uh, American 
consecutive waves of immigration to the United States that uh, first generation of immigrants are largely conservative. And that means that they just cleave to um, simpler um, ideologies and uh, and clearly clearer delineation between uh, right and wrong, black, white, and so forth. In other words, they 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 yearn for they long for a simpler picture of the world. And the Republican Party conservative ideology offers them a no chiaroscuro uh, kind of picture of uh, the world. Us them, which uh, which meshes very. Um, Easily with the totalitarian, totalitarian minds, mindset that most Russian immigrants still are willy-nilly. It's just the replacement of pluses to minuses and so forth uh, in their minds. But not, but nonetheless, we all grew up uh, knowing that he who's not with us is against us. If enemy doesn't give up, he must be destroyed and so forth. And um, uh, the word compromise was a dirty word in Russian vocabulary. In the case of uh, so, it's it's not it's not difficult to understand the first immigration of emigres, um, especially from Eastern Europe. Uh, in other words, from coming from a history of oppression, um, uh, they have been basically, you know, humiliated their whole lives there. They come here, they feel natural human desire to. Uh, um, to start humiliating someone else and uh, and to oppress someone. And it basically happens to be anyone who doesn't look or sound like them, uh, which is to say, you know, people with different skin color. Um, so um, <clears throat> that's kind of understandable in a way. They don't know language, English language well. They don't understand the nuances of the political situation in the country. They watch Russian television, which explains them in the language that they understand what happens in the United States. They also watch Fox News, which also simplifies its language to the point of their understanding it because it appeals to raw emotion. And again, black and white, manichaean, uh, very simple, uh, monochromatic uh, big, um, picture of the world. And, uh, and, and that gives people a certain amount of uh, emotional comfort uh, to know that that uh, you are on the side of something very certain and you're opposed to someone who is bad, unequivocally bad. And, and, and that's your position in the world. You're on the right side of history. Um, so, and, but there are so many uh, sub layers and, uh, and uh, mini aspects to this, uh, the history of uh, people being Soviet Jews when they're, basically generally were like appointed Jews. You just get your passport and it's like right there in the fifth line from the top, you're a Jew. How come? I don't know anything about it. Well, but somebody has to be a Jew, right? So why not you, right? It's a lottery. And, um, and, and, and so, so this sense that you have been unfairly chosen, sort of like designated Jew, so like you've been unfairly chosen. You don't know anything about being Jewish. You are Jew via negativa through basically through disapprobation and 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 uh, and, and hostility on the part of. Is it, uh, is it like losing in a lottery? Yeah, it's a ne- well. If you believe in lottery, you have to believe in negative lottery as well, right? If you if you if you if you feel it's fair for you to win five hundred million dollars at some point, then you you know uh, then. You know, it, it's it's equally fair if you like have a serious illness some somewhere down the road. Lottery is lottery. It's 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 luck or lack thereof, which is basically the same thing. Just replace pluses with minuses, and um, and yeah. Um, so uh, 
so yeah, somebody has to be born Jewish. Some people are born tall and beautiful and they play basketball and they make millions of dollars and some people are short and they have, uh, you know, cleft palate or club food and they're we're, we're Jews. So, you know, it's it's a handicap in life. You can spend your life moaning about this or wallowing in self-pity or you can take advantage of that as a massive motivating factor and studying double heart in order to be on a part with everybody else and so forth. Mm-hmm. We all know that. That, Professor, that, Professor, yeah, so you know, I, I do have a question for you. Then, uh, the, the kind of uh, that I'd like to get your take on. Um, I find it very interesting that having traveled from Russia to America, I went from being Jewish with everything, all the parameters that you described, to being a white male. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. Yeah, but uh, but uh, that's true. But to the KKK and Trump supporters, don't think so. Actually. They don't think you're a white male or me. They think that we're Jews. <laughs> and that yes, but we, then they get confused we because may, we don't necessarily follow Jewish religion. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter, kind of. It's just unfortunate. It's kind of unfortunate, you know. But so Jews are Jews, and so um, um, so when uh, when uh, when they parade around in Charlottesville and elsewhere, saying like. Jews are Satan's children, or like Jews will not replace us, and so forth. What 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 do they mean essentially? Well, they mean that Jews are not like them. Jews are enemies. Uh, they may look white, but they're not Christian, and uh, they've always, you know, they've always sought to 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 do harm to Russian people or to simple American people, to white people in general. So yeah, by that logic, all you have to do is hang a cross on your neck, and you're fine. I'm not sure it's so. E- <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they can be mollified, you know. I don't. I think once a Jew, always a Jew. Although, who the hell knows? Yeah. Who the hell knows? I don't, yeah. Right. So, 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 um, so, yeah. It's 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 it's. Uh, um, it is what it is. It is what it is, and it's almost inevitable that the majority of Russian immigrants arriving in the United States uh, are still in the process of arriving. Uh, none of them have uh, basically. They they are Americans. But they are Americans that have, don't have a sense of uh, what America necessarily is, and it's in its complexity, in its development. They 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 have their own segment of American life, and that's fair. But that's basically that explains their 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 outlook on life and their, the way they vote, the way they view people, the way they treat people, the way they sometimes touchingly naive and saying like what. What's wrong with being a racist? Is it like frowned upon here? Why can't I be a racist? I'm a racist. So you know, so so it's it's kind of you know it's um uh, it's infantile, um, and so um, but then again, immigration kind of reduces uh, you to child status for a while necessarily, and some people just stay in that in that status. So. So it, 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 on the one hand, it, of course, it is kind of hilarious in a bittersweet way to see how Jews are basically, you know, uh, transmuted from being uh, Trump supporters to like Nazi supporters. Really? <laughs> but, but then, you know, um, or that Black Lives Matter is worse than Nazis or just as bad. No, they're not just as bad. They, 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 Black Lives Matter want to gain equality. White supremacists want actually to gain superiority. You, you have to f- <laughs> feel the difference as it 
So, um, uh, so and so on. But uh, but it's it's kind of natural kind of development for, like I said, for first immigration, first generation immigrants. It's 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 kind of natural. That's that's a way of coping with complexity of life. All right. Well, then, Professor Yossel, in conclusion, what are your thoughts on the the, the difference in the political climate that uh, you, you are speaking with us uh, from Montreal, Canada, uh, which is a whole other country? Uh, so how do you feel the difference between what's going on in the United States and the climate here versus where you are? Um, well, political history and political culture of Canada have always has always been um, different from that in the United States in that it's always been search for uh, for 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 shared ground for compromise of sorts for 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 shared understanding for for mutual for mutual trust in a way um, in the United States political history has always been this a relentless clash of tectonic plates of history always the end of the world always never before in our history have we witnessed and so forth never before in every generation and every time it happens never before this is the end of the world and it never is the end of the world but it always is balancing on the precipice on the edge of the precipice so um, it's just it's just two very basic models of dealing uh, with, with, the, with their own cultures, uh, country's history. Canada is a much younger country. Can, Canada has long been in search of its own identity. It's for a very long time it's identified itself primarily as we're not America, uh, meaning that we are kind of kinder, better, more pleasant uh, in the sense that we do not uh, leave uh, our people behind no matter why uh, they are less talented, less, less smart, less less energetic, less enterprising. For whatever reason, they should have health insurance. They should have it. And uh, nobody is left to uh, fall through the cracks of the system and die somewhere in a ditch. It doesn't happen here. Um, so uh, Canadians take pride in that. Canadians take pride in the fact that uh, you know, they pay higher taxes for, for, uh, for the privilege of feeling good about themselves. And, and and themselves in the world, that none of their compatriots are suffering while they're eating cake. Um, and that's, you know, and no one kind of succumbs to the angry, dark feeling like, well, screw them. I worked hard in my life and they, what did they do? You know, let them, let them fend for themselves. It's not my fault that, 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 that loser doesn't have health insurance. What do I care? I have mine. So um, that's not applicable here. So I think that's that's the difference. Uh, and also Canada uh, uh, over Canada has become a, a sort of like in the as as United States is becoming harsher and more hard edged country, and has been over the last thirty years approximately, especially you know since uh, the Reagan presidency. Uh, Canada has been shifting towards greater kind of. Uh, inclusion. It's a kinder country in a way. It uh, treats emigres differently. It welcomes immigrants, although, again, in very limited and very kind of structured way. Um, generally, it's just a, it's the it's same people uh, um, in different historical circumstances. But it's the same people, more or less, with the exception of, uh, of um, Francophones of Quebec. But that issue is also dying down now, more or less, because there's been a very intense search for harmony, and it seems like it's been successful. 
So that's uh, what I have to say about uh, on the surface between the difference uh, about the difference between the United States and Canada political culture. Well, Professor Yasel, thank you so much for being on the program. Uh, good luck to you. And uh, any information on how any way people can get uh, in touch, read uh, any of your writings? Well, people can find me on Facebook. People can Google me and read me. I, I publish often the NewYorker.com and other places. And so, you know, all my public posts and Facebook are public, so you can find everything there if you want. And uh, thank you for an interesting conversation, Yuri. Thank you. Take care. You're listening to 91.7 FM, WSUW, in Whitewater, Wisconsin. You're listening to Rashkin Report.